0: Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. It's Nathan, Licky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today. Will they guess right? Nobody knows. It's a podcast. It's about basketball.
1: Of a grind for the love of the game not for the lames or haters a grime for the love of the game ptj let's talk first year players play wow, the, pre-
0: the preseason has been strong for
1: your rhyming that, I, I appreciate it yeah that one i'm not like super i almost rhymed players with players i was going to be like it's for the players not the haters let's talk first yeah. year players and i right, backed off yeah
0: that's the nice thing about having some off days. You can kind of workshop it a little bit and it came out strong. I can see you got some extra extra run in on that. And uh <laughs> so that's uh that's coming in strong. It's uh, quite the uh podcast studio you're in right now, too, by the way.
1: You know, I looked long and hard, hard and long uh, to find uh, an 80 year old uh woman's art gallery that I could record in. Uh, but I found that in Pat's Place Studio and Gallery here in Goldendale, Washington. So shout out, Pat. Pat Schumann, I believe, just celebrated her 80th birthday. You're a lovely woman, and it is a really nice place to record. I have a cat named Emily here. You have a lovely creature named Emily as well in your home, so I feel like there's symmetry.
0: Yeah, yeah, my wife, yeah.
1: His wife, Emily. Yep. Welcome back to Projecting the Jump, everybody. You know, we had a couple um, kind of summer series episodes, and we're getting to the nick, just in the nick of time we're getting in for your weekend drafts here, uh, leading up to Next week's season opener. Nate, can you believe how close we are?
0: Yeah, it's kind of wild how this is uh, always sneaks up on us a little bit. Uh, Our joint draft, we, we hit just because the scheduling had to do it a couple of weeks ago. And so it's, uh, which felt crazy early. And so it's kind of, kind of fun now that season's actually kind of right around the corner at this point. So, uh, cram in all those drafts and uh, spend every single waking hour consuming content on this and crush your drafts out there.
1: I have been. I actually was like when everybody should have been sleeping last night. I was walking around looking at the stars, listening to a, a scouting podcast on a particular lottery pick uh, from like m- May. It was like pre-draft process. And I, I almost text you and I pictured telling you on this podcast that I was doing that. And I was like, it's like two thirty. i should be sleeping and not listening to this <laughs> marginal rotation player of a of a lottery team but uh that's the grind and so so today you know, for the love of the game exactly so last year our very first podcast was uh rookie projections pod so today um we're just going to attack uh the rookies we're going to talk through uh first year players in fantasy basketball it's going to be focused on nine cat you know we'll talk might throw on a little dynasty nugget here and there but what we did uh, as far as research and preparing is, is your basic nine cat uh, redraft league so uh, Nate and I went a little deeper on some players than the other some we uh, we touched on uh, both but uh, I don't see any way to avoid not starting with perhaps the player with the largest fun factor in drafts and I think if the fun factor is affecting the AD play ADP of one uh, Victor Wembenyama. I always just write down Wemby. Um I've never written down Wembenyama before. Uh but yeah, would you you'd say he he's the first rookie going in, in any possible draft, yeah? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's uh, uh the fun factor is is absolutely true. I feel like when it comes up to your to your spot. You throw him out there, you immediately are going to get all the chatter for it. Uh, it's much like Zion back in the day, or whatever. But uh, it is—he's got to be the funnest guy to to draft this year.
1: You know, I've turned to that Zion comparison. It's funny you said that. I didn't write it down, but when I'm kind of thinking about paying the price, paying the EDP price or, you know, in an auction draft um, that you have to pay to get one beyond. It reminds me of how it felt that first Zion season. And I think that that kind of painted a bit of a lesson for me. I think in the past, I got seduced by wanting to be the guy that had these fun players. Um, there was one guy in particular, shout out Derek Anatsu, in case you're listening. And we would just compete for these high upside guys, especially bigs. And I just got into that. And I think I'm starting to age a little bit. You know, I, I hang out in art studios now. Um, and yeah, it just, it's not for me. You know, I, I I have Wimby projected 60, 65 games is the best case scenario. Um, Greg Popovich, Popovich is starting a second year wing at point guard already, which I'm excited about point. Sohan, but, um, if you're going to invest a second round pick, and I think that's what you got to do to get him, um, there's just a lot of risk there. Um, so I'm personally going to let others have the fun. What say you on Wimby? Yeah. It's, I guess my, my main question
0: for you going into this and you answered it already was how many games are you, do you expect to get from, from Webanyama? Because it, and that's the question you, you need to ask yourself. If you expect to get 70 games, you should take them in the second round. I think that's a really yep. fair thing to do. Um, I'm a little bit, I, I think like you, I think uh, the Spurs are going to be taking a little bit more of the slow path on this season uh, playing the long game. You know, he's. He's coming off of, I mean, this was kind of a a pretty wild season for him, and I think they're going to be cautious with his health. And he just is, his overall adjustment to this. So I think if, I, I mean, you said 60, 65 games, I, I kind of have more in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, I think his per game, I think his per game stats are going to be through the roof, uh, where his totals are not going to be quite as appealing. Um, I was curious, I just wanted to go back and take a look at some of these highest height uh, number one overall pick guys through through history and then take a look and see what they what they did with their first season. You know, how often would they live up to the
1: to the hype? And so um, can, talking we, about... can we start with Michael a little candy or sorry, I'm sure you were going to. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, I actually have a we have a. I thought we
0: were doing a separate pod on this. I thought we talked about the old Oda Candy revisit pod. Uh the, the Oliva uh, Candy
1: spinoff pod. I gotta fly in my head out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Him and Valanciunas uh, just and uh yeah were just great number one overall picks. But um but I mean so just and this is purely my list, you know. I just it, in my mind, look thinking back in time, um, who were the you know the most hyped number one overall picks, and specifically big men, I wanted to look at. But so was looking at Hakeem, uh, Tim Oof. Duncan, David Robinson, Yao Ming, um, you know, Greg Oden, Zion. Um, so uh, those were the, the 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 guys that I had on my top of my list. I don't know if I'm missing anybody up. Sam era. Bowie,
1: you missed Sam Bowie.
0: Oh, sure. Well, he was number three overall pick or number two overall pick. So, um, doesn't quite match this particular build. Um, yeah. but you know, it, it was first off, the, the most interesting thing was going through these guys' rookie years and just having like jaw jockey, jaw dropping like, uh, jealousy over like people that were playing fantasy basketball then and rostered them. Like, I mean, just the, I'm not going to run through everybody, but David Robinson's rookie mm-hmm. year, he averaged, 24, 12 with four blocks. I mean, you're like, that's his rookie year.
1: He was like um, 34 years old too, because he served an entire yeah. military term before coming yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> right. There there
0: was a lot of these guys that were older. I mean, Dave Robinson was 24, Tim Duncan, 21, Yami, yeah, mean 22. But um it was it was interesting to look at those and and see that more often than I was expecting, uh those those guys lived up to the hype and obviously those are like those are all timers um but they came in with hype and so it was i think it was um kind of interesting to think about with with wemby um you know he's he averaged in the in the adriatic league last year um 21 10 with three blocks um you know so it's it's there there's precedent there and i think uh You know, there's I I think based off of this, I guess I was at first I was pretty skeptical about that second round pick. But the more I was digging into this, the more that I could see it. Um, It's you know, and we saw we saw last year with Walker Kessler going, uh, you know, he was 64th overall, but 21st after the all star break. Um, So you you definitely get that. Uh, You know, I mean, most recently, the last guy. Last rookie that went this high was he's also a center.
1: Uh, it was Michael O'Candy.
0: Oh, uh, great, great, great. That's <laughs> it's yep. Uh, it Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, was the last rookie to finish in the top 25. So yeah. another center. So, um, so long and short, my I feel like I'm with you. I think his, I think in a per game value, I think I, I see it. I think he's, I kind of expect him to be in that top 30 but uh but his totals have me a little too scared to be taken of there
1: man hearing that history that uh, history lesson kind of going back it it gets your get some goosebumps going like it makes you want to be that guy because you know like the person who takes them you're not like what a sucker you're like respect that guy's having more fun than me you know like And for the rest of their life, they can say, you know, I had him his rookie year. <laughs> exactly. You know, you mentioned Walker Kessler last year when he finished 21st overall, or was that the second half of the season? 21st after the All-Star break. And what's interesting about that is like, you know, that he's really a three category player, Kessler. Obviously he could lead the league in blocks this season, um, field goal percentage and boards. Uh, but Wemby, you know, you could get the two plus blocks, uh, but you're also going to get at least a three a game. You're going to get upwards of 17 to 20 points. Uh, you're going to get a couple times. Uh, he's a total package. Uh, he can hit free throws at a you know high 70s clip, I think, is uh, what we got him projected out here. Um, and then when I mentioned the 60 to 65 games, that's that's a ceiling case. I think, you know, if I was to project it out, I'd have it more than mid 50s like you. Um, so, yeah, you really got to bake that in. But uh, I tip tip my cap. I, uh, I tip open my my vitamin water to any of you who have the cojones to take one B in the second. That'll be fun. And I can't wait to track it
0: yeah yeah have have fun i mean it is for having fun so do you want to do it have fun i love that <laughs> um then the number two pick uh just kind of going not that we're necessarily going uh straight down the line but uh just kind of happening like this is uh well is not scoot henderson but that is actually who i'm going with is never th- the number third overall pick uh and uh Scoot Henderson, is that uh, that somebody that you find yourself, if you expect to have on any of your teams?
1: He's definitely the number two rookie going in drafts. Um, So in third overall pick in the NBA draft, second as far as rookies going, as you should. Um, No, no. Um, Again, you're getting high fun factor. But in general, I think uh, as a a guiding principle, when I'm building out teams, um, the rookie guards in particular – uh, even when they're special, even when they're elite, it can be really rough sledding, uh, especially in the first half of the season. Um, you know, recently uh, we had Jalen Green, who still hasn't figured out his efficiency. Uh, but I believe, you know, you had him, his, his rookie year, right? And uh, just trying to ride that out as long as you could. And it just, it's painful. Um, I don't think Scoot Henderson is going to be that bad because he attacks the rack. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think um, he has a, ADP of 97. Uh, His Yahoo uh, preseason rank is 108, which isn't, isn't bad. I think it's good value. Um, But yeah, I, I'm kind of passing on him. I haven't found myself chomping at at the bit to get him, Um, but I, I don't mind where he's going. Um, I just, I think I'll leave the, the low efficiency, high scoring guards uh, for others. I'd be more interested in his back court mate. um, Who's just going a couple rounds prior and that's Anthony Simon. So uh, I'm excited to watch him play, but, uh, as far as nine cats redraft leagues, uh, he's not that high on my list,
0: yeah, but I think are, are I think you capable
1: you're... of being objective here? I have to ask you first.
0: Yeah, I, I think in this case, absolutely. I mean, there's no expectations as far as the Blazers go. Um, you know I mean? I think the, you brought up Jalen Green, who's the kind of the natural comparison, um, you know, both coming from the G League Ignite, both being top three picks, um, you know, high-flying guards. So it's kind of curious to see how these uh, G League Ignite stars, stats, were translating. Because, you know, obviously college uh, college stats are all over the board, and it's kind of hard to get a read on it. There's different conferences and positions. But uh, so, and it's a small sample size just because the G League Ignite is a pretty young thing. But... Uh, but just for comparison's sake, uh Jalen Green, you know, his last season in the G League Ignite, uh, he averaged 18, four, and three. His rookie year, he averaged 17, 4, and 3. So uh in this that particular case, it was kind of right across the board. Um, uh, what did we see from Scoots last year? I mean, he was obviously two years in that program. Um his two years ago, he put up bigger numbers last year. He was they kind of asked him to be a little bit more facilitator to kind of build that uh, part of his game a little bit. Right. And so some of his numbers took a little dip, but his assist numbers went up quite a bit. Um, but he averaged 17, five and seven, um, you know, on poor, you know, poor shooting, lots of turnovers, but, uh, but those are pretty big westbrook numbers, really.
1: You hit the nail um, on the head there. Yeah. I think stylistically and, Fantasy game wise, that's uh, what Russell Westbrook's a pretty, pretty close outline comp for him or early, uh, early Westbrook.
0: Right. I mean, Westbrook's a year. He averaged 15, five and five. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see, to see Scoot do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think he's going to be kind of given the keys of the offense pretty much there. The Blazers do have a fair amount of mouths to feed as far as guys that, um, kind of expect to be playing that, that alpha number one role. I think uh one, you, I think there's a, there's four guys on that team that kind of expect to be the number one guy on it. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um But like you said, I think really what we're, what you're probably going to get with scoot is these really fat box horse. Uh, you know, I think he's going to fill up the rebounds, the, the assists, the points, but then you're going to have to weather, weather massive turnovers and poor efficiency, um, no threes. So I think it can, I think it can work. I think it can definitely work for specific builds. Um, it, you know, especially it you work with big man build, or if you're already punting, you know, maybe you have a Luca or you have a Giannis and you're already punting uh, three throws and turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a really good guy to look for, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a lock for every build. I think he he's going to hurt uh a, n- a number of different uh, types of teams.
1: Totally, you have the nail on the head. If you can absorb it into your build, it's a really fun pick in that range. I just don't think he offers a nine cat skill set that I'm afraid to miss out on. Um, you know, I think there are other guys who are going to give you popcorn numbers like that, but the fun factor is through the roof and our auction draft, uh, shout out Odin Speen. Um, you know, as soon as he drafted him for 11 bucks, he just typed into the chat fun. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, that is the main, <laughs> that's the main thing you're getting with him and it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, no, I love I how th-
0: into the, f- the fun we are with this, uh, so far with this pod, we're pro fun here.
1: We love fun. Um, and what's more fun than the... Detroit Pistons. I'm if you'll allow it. I'm anxious to talk about it. Uh, no, maybe
0: 28 other teams, but
1: go on. <laughs> I'm anxious to talk about a Thompson twin. Um, because these are guys, uh, fantasy profile wise that I, I am excited about. Um, at values that I'm excited about. Uh, so Azor Thompson. Is that how we're doing that? Az- Azor.
0: I thought it was a Az- sar. A sar. But...
1: Yeah. Azor. A sar Thompson. Yeah. Um. So his rank in ADP on. Yahoo um, are just like smack, just kissing each other. A rank of 132 is ADP is 134. Uh, but obviously, that's taking into account a lot of casual leagues, public leagues, stuff like that. Um, his rotation role uh, is looking strong. You know, I give it a four out of five on a grading scale. Uh, I think he's yeah. going to start out the gate. I think they're mm-hmm. committed to him. His fantasy profile, defensive stats, you know, the upside I think might be un- unmatched among rookies, yeah. not named Wemby. Um, you know, the uh, the counting stats as well. There's a lot of upside there. Uh, the summer league stats uh, jumped off the page. You got 14 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and two steals a game. That's exciting. That's exciting yeah. playing along K Kung-An, man. Uh, I think it's going to lend well to his, like, athletic slasher profile. Um, relative to ADP, he's my favorite rookie. Uh, but we got to pump the brakes. We see the ADP, like I said, at 134. Uh, so he went... I did a kind of competitive draft with some industry folks, uh, some folks um, who kind of came across over Twitter, uh, Work for um, Roto Baller. Um, And so there's some some heads in there, pretty experienced. He went at the first pick of the seventh round. Um, Whoa. And like, yeah. Just trying to make a point. Yeah, exactly. They just want to be the guy to be like, I'm in on him all the way. I'm I'm more in than you, <laughs> and so that's the sort of stuff you see. You know, you went ahead, of, you went ahead of Jeremy Grant. He went ahead of Tyler Hero. Went ahead of Kyle Kuzma. So that felt really aggressive, uh, but I wouldn't let him fall past the tenth round at this point. And I think the ninth uh, might be the safe spot for him um, if you really want to get him. But yeah, he's one. He's one of these like charging up the board hipster dra- hipster picks uh, mm-hmm. that people are, are want to be higher on than the other guy. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you're playing that game as a kid and you put your hand. Uh so yeah, once he went, I was like, okay, cool, like no problem. I'll just let the value fall here. But uh but yeah, I grabbed him in our auction when it ended. Um I was able to plug him in um I was happy to grab him. But uh but yeah, what are you seeing um out of him out of the uh Thompson twin in Detroit? Um how do you feel about him? And then if you wanted to touch on uh if you wanted to touch on the other Thompson twin too, we'd we'd love to hear that too.
0: Yeah, he, you're right. He's definitely is rocketing up, and he's been continuing to the vibes out of him have continued to impress through ever since he's been drafted. Uh, you know, in the summer league, the my takeaway from him in summer league was he played two games with the Detroit starters or, or a bunch of them. You know, uh, Ivy Duran, et cetera, um, and he that fit looked uncomfortable. You know, it was. And some of that could just be summer league, you know, where guys are just trying to all get theirs, um, which you definitely see. But in those two games that he played with the other starters, I was, I left pretty underwhelmed from him. But then the rest of the summer league, he played without those guys and he looked like uh, he looked like the best player at summer league at that point. I mean, you mentioned the defensive stats and it was just like, it was, it was pretty wild. Uh, And so far in preseason, I mean, he's locked in that starting uh, role, like you mentioned. And uh, I, I went from one of those things where I was like, "Okay, I'll monitor it," to, it, to uh, you know, in, in our joint auction draft, the uh, you know, you you beat me to him by about uh, by, by about thirty seconds to pick My him fingers, up. I, my
1: fingers I, were sweating. I was like, "How?" Yeah, I was like, uh. "I literally
0: clicked on it to to <laughs> pick him up," and I was like, "How? How is this even possible? Like, how did you like?" <laughs> I Was too busy talking smack in the draft chat afterwards, and uh, but uh, no, that, that was uh, it worked out well in your favor, and and I I do like him quite a bit more, and I, th- I think we both do. Um, and it's really just the fit, I think, a lot more. Um, in Detroit versus his brother, amen, in Houston, uh, you know, we we touched on him in our deep dive Houston podcast, but but really that. That front court is just or back court for that matter. This whole rotation is pretty crowded there. So I think um oh Amen maybe he's better. Clearly, the Houston Rockets think so. Um, because they selected him higher. But uh there's just a lot of mouths to feed. So where Asar, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get 30 minutes. Oh Amen. I'd be pleasantly surprised if it was getting north of 20.
1: No, it's it's true. I I want to say about Amen Thompson, he is like got to be on your watch list you I'll be checking every box score like because I think if he can crack north of 20 minutes um know, guys have been in and out of the lineup uh in here in preseason um, whether it be Tate or um Tari Eason so I think he's the kind of player that if he cracks that rotation um and Idoka sees what he can do because he's gonna he's an intangible player I mean he has incredible upside as a facilitator and as a scorer but right out the gate he's you know going to be able to Fill passing lanes on offense He's going to be able to, um, you know, play kind of like a free safety on defense and, and, mm. and his op- defensive schemes. And I could see him uh, just being the kind of player that earns himself a role at some point. And I think if he sticks to a consistent 20 minutes in your average 12 size, 12 team category league, I think he needs to be rostered and you just need to kind of play it out. Um, so he's the kind of guy that it won't take much of a, of a crack of daylight for me, if I have room, to go ahead and grab him and see what happens. I wouldn't hesitate. You know, the first first time he has 10 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, and a 3, uh, you know, I'm going to be trying to figure out who to drop.
0: Quick question for you before we move on, to is uh, does having Monty Williams as a coach make you – more excited to draft him or more nervous because you think he's going to go with some of the veteran guys like Alex Burke or Joe Harris or Bogdanovich or whoever.
1: It's a good question. I think it's a really good sign that he came out and declared uh, that he, the the, Azor Thompson is going to be starting uh, a SAR. And yeah, that's, that's a great sign because, you know, I think that he just doesn't, it's a totally different situation than he had in Phoenix um, I would have to go back and look at some of the teams he had in New Orleans. Um, I think they were vet- veteran-laden, like Chris Paul. Was he the coach way back when they had, like, uh, uh, Jamal McGlore and uh, David West? Mm. Um, but I feel like he's never had a, a totally, mm-hmm. like, young, rebuilding roster before. And he's a smart coach. I don't think he's like a Steve Clifford. Like, you know, shout out Steve Clifford. But I think he's going to um, – cater to the roster he has and he won't fall into because, you know, they gave him that giant contract. Uh, one of the largest contracts for a head coach of all time. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as timid as um, Dwayne Casey and think he has to play, you know, Corey Joseph's not on the roster anymore, but you know, the veterans, you know, just to try to keep his job. I think he's smarter than that. He has, you know, long leash. And so I'm not nearly as worried. I guess the best way to answer the question is I'm not nearly as worried um, about Thompson in Detroit as I would be if Dwayne Casey was still the coach.
0: That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so moving on, you you were talking about how we're into the fun factor this year. Um, and the funnest thing that I can think of is uh is to start your morning off with some good Steelbridge coffee. Mm. Um, Steelbridge Coffee, locally roasted, uh fair trade, organic coffee. Um head over to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ um, check out their offers. It's a great deal. You get four pounds of coffee and you can select some really, really dynamite basketball cards. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a it's definitely the funnest way I could think of to start the day. And I think it's, Would be quite a bit funner than uh, starting off the morning with Steve Steve Clifford as your coach. Um, Don't you? I mean, I can't imagine Brandon Miller's waking up being like, oh, this is great having Steve Clifford here. I I
1: guarantee that Steve Clifford drinks Folgers. (laughs) Yeah, he probably does. He
0: probably drinks it out of a styrofoam cup that he gets at the, (laughs) uh, the gas station on the way in.
1: Which is cool. That that that's actually cool.
0: Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it doubles as his like dip spit like canister later in the day. So that's uh, that's something you know reduce reuse. Um, but yeah, I mean Brandon Miller. Is there any chance he? So he's I imagine he's sitting on a lot of. Uh, he probably just missed out on getting drafted in most leagues. So he's kind of sitting there. I know Yahoo has him projected fairly high. So I think I'm guessing in most leagues. He's staring at you, right? Post-draft, um, screaming to be picked up. Um, Yahoo suggestions or ESPN suggestions are, are uh, um, encouraging you to do that. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there a scale of one to 10? How enticed are you to just take a flyer on him for a week or two? Well,
1: it's interesting you say that. So in our... Our league, uh, I I believe it's 71% rostered. I checked this morning at this point, it was 68 It's up to 71. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. That's high. Yeah. So he's, he's among the highest players in our particular shared league uh, that's available uh, in a draft that I had mentioned earlier that those rosters are much deeper. Uh, You start two point guards on the guard, two shooting guards, uh, two small forwards, two power forwards, and then another forward spot, two centers. Um, So it's much deeper. So actually I I did draft uh, Brandon Miller recently um, I so I'll just start with his rank right now is 177. His ADP is 131. I think that discrepancy, uh, could have a little bit with points leagues and Yahoo, uh, driving that because he's a better points leagues player. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not jumping out of my chair to, to, to draft him, uh, but I think he could do worse than taking a shot on him. Uh, in the last rounds of your drafts, um, he clears what I what I, I jotted this down, he clears what I'm calling the Harry B line. Like I'm taking a player like that over the Harrison Barnes, over the Contavious Caldwell Popes, who I think you're rostering. Like the glue guys that you just don't need to roster this early because you're shooting for upside. Um, The
0: record, I'm rostering him only because he plays on a Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. uh, Oh yeah. On a shallow day. And then he's gone.
1: Then he's
0: gone. Just saying that. (laughs) You say that he's not not a long-term KCP
1: player. (laughs) You heard, you heard it correctly. said then he's God. (laughs) That's what I heard. (laughs) Anyways, I took him in round 14. Um, so yeah, I think most likely that could turn into a streaming spot in a league of our size, a shallower 12 team league, but the deeper leagues I think is upside is worth giving some time. Uh, I believe he shot three of twelve today, so you're gonna have to absorb that. Um, had some defensive stats. So the efficiency is gonna be a little rough. Um, but yeah, I I, I want to give it I'd like to give it a month, uh kind of see where it's at. Um and I think he's fun in the later rounds, but I'm not particularly excited about him um ho- atrocious real life second round pick uh he do- he looks timid um i mean, you see him on the court yeah he just he looks like he is not ready to be the guy um so hopefully yeah. in charlotte the lights will be dim enough and all of the spotlights on the mellow ball and all this fancy you know at, at stuff he does on the court um you know so and then you know you have the head case of miles bridges taking headlines away. So maybe random we'll realize no one's paying attention. to You dude. just play your game. I think he is talented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We all know he's, uh, uh, one of the best facilitators, uh, around, uh, he clearly got in trouble for that, but, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to be too enticed by him, but I will, I will give it a monitor just because, um, that, that team is going to be pretty poor and there's a decent chance that, you know, he's, if Gordon Hayward goes down, which is likely, uh, Miles Bridges misses time for some reason, which is also likely. Uh, maybe Terry Rozier gets traded, all of a sudden there's a lot of scoring uh that needs to be filled. And yeah. and he could just find himself needing to to step into a 25% usage rate, and you just swallow that terrible uh efficiency because you're racking up enough stuff, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be targeting him in a draft uh, personally.
1: I mean, he could end up averaging, giving you 18 points, you know, maybe close to two threes, five rebounds, something like that. Nothing you're going to cry yourself to sleep if you miss out on, but I think he's, he's worth a shot late in drafts.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, speaking of like just rookies in general, I was, uh, I was curious cause I, I went back through these last seven years um and i wanted to see like how many rookies typically should be drafted or how many rookies should be on teams and it was completely non-linear i mean you'd have years where there'd be like one good one rookie and then uh two years ago there was what seven guys in that uh mobley uh um cade uh draft
1: it was such an outlier year
0: it was, it was tremendous. Um, but in general, there's been four to six guys is kind of what the average is kind of averages about five that come in at the end of the season ranked within the top 20 or sorry, top one twenty, gotcha. um, which is more than I was expecting. Uh, I don't know if that was jives. I know you're a little bit higher in rookies in general than I am, but that was a bigger number than I was expecting to see. So I think it's uh helpful, when we're assessing a lot of these rookies here to just kind of realize that, okay, like there is a lot of these guys that, that will end up being on your team, even if yeah. they may, maybe don't seem like they want to be.
1: No, it's a good point. It's a strong point. Um, You know, what's exciting about this rookie class, Nate? They're uh, Michael. Uh, candy? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good default answer. That's my default. No, there's okay. a lot of glue guys, man. There's a lot of yeah. guys who are going to end up on our glue guys pod. And if you don't mind, I would love to talk about some of them. Um, Please do. Let's glue away. So so there are definitely some players where the disparity between where Yahoo still has them ranked and where they're going in drafts, so where their ADP is, stands out as an opportunity to make sure you have these guys in your queue, make sure you have them on your minds, make sure you know how to spell their names. <laughs> uh, so one of the guys is jumping out to me, and I took him uh, in that draft. I've referenced a couple of times with my second to last pick. Uh, is Bilal Calabali. Oh, Cal- Bilal Calabali. Bilal Kalabali. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, so he was actually um, a, a teammate of Wemby's on the French national team. He started on the junior squad, and they eventually called him up. Um, so he's a six-foot-six wing with a seven-foot-two-inch wingspan. Uh, he was a super late riser in the draft process. He ended up going – So he was mocked, you know, before the draft – uh, in the twenties. And then there were some whispers uh, that he could potentially get into the very late lottery at a highest chance. He went seventh overall to the Pacers uh, who then flipped him to the whiz for Jairus Walker uh, with two seconds going to Indiana in that deal. Uh, so I was kind of intrigued by him. Uh, he has the outline um, of, you know, honestly, like uh Azor Thompson, a, um, Sorry, Thompson, <laughs> uh, as far as the defensive stats uh, and the biggest deal uh, as far as um, role is he could be starting right out of the gate uh, at small forward. He's uh, he started the preseason opener, along with the four presumed starters, uh, Tyus Jones, Poole, Koos McGaffert. Gaffert. Um, and I think if he gets 25 plus minutes, we're going to be looking at a must roster player in nine category leagues. Uh, so I watched some film on this guy just to get a feel for him. Uh, he's really of a sla- more of a slasher and a finisher on offense. He did average nearly five free throw attempts in 30 minutes over four summer league games, which shows he can get to the cup, get contact, get to the line. Um, he was sneaky good in the pick and roll as a decision maker and a ball handler. Uh, he's not really good at finding cutters or shooters, uh, but out of the pick and roll, he has a little creativity. So I think long-term, um, he could become a decent passer. He needs to improve as a shooter. Um, and attacking the lane, he can get tunnel vision a little bit. Um, So he needs to rein that in a little bit, but it's a defensive stats. Listen, listen to these two, Mm -hmm. the the combination here. So in in summer league, he had uh, two steals, but nine blocks. Uh, But in three preseason games, he had three blocks and 10 steals. So I'm just imagining the outline of a player, a ceiling for this guy. And I don't know if he'll get there in his rookie year. You could be looking at two blocks and two steals from this guy. He had incredible timing as a shot blocker on some of the the tape I was watching uh, from these games. Just very patient. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued, really intrigued. Um, so talking about range and drafts, I took him at pick 179 of that 12 team category league. It was last Friday, um, so about round 15, second to last pick. And I went back and looked. So I took him one pick after Sadiq Bay. And right after went Jonathan Kaminga was a similar upside shot. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, this guy could be starting. Uh, he's been a steady riser. Um, he went from 15% to 18% just in the last couple of days. So again, I'm taking him over veterans like Harrison Barnes, Quentin Grimes, Kelly Oubre's of the world. Um, oh, Kelly Oubre shot. Over the Oubre. Wow. I'm just, I'm looking to take shots on guys that might have a sizable role um and we can see what we have from him and then we can kick him to the curb honestly he's the rookie version uh of Rocco who's there's been some mm. there's mm-hmm. been some you know reports that he might start he has started uh a power forward in some of the preseason games so i look at him like that if he ends up as the opening night starter i'm going to give him a month especially on a deeper roster so i'd say around round 13 look for this guy look for uh, a Calabali. Oh, oh,
0: that's a fun one. I was hoping that you were going to bring him up because uh, uh, he has been shooting up and we know Washington is a really thin team um, and they're definitely going to be in need of defense. Uh, so yeah. you could definitely see him getting started and just kind of... Uh, um, you know, kind of, they got to figure out what they, what they, what they have with them. And, and uh, like,
1: what do they care? They don't need like a lot of teams might send them to the G League. Exactly. I mean, they have the ultimate tank, tank weapon in your Jordan pool who could lead the league in scoring and lead his team to 22 wins. And that's going to be fun for fantasy. Uh, um yeah. But yeah, I think on a lot of teams, this guy wouldn't even crack the rotation, but uh, honestly I wouldn't be surprised if he was their starting small forward. I like that. Yeah. There's essentially, there was, that was
0: quite a few of those kind of like small power, small forward power forwards that went around that same time. Um, you mentioned Jairus Walker, who I really like long term. I don't know if I like him as much this year. Uh, it, the the guy who I do really like in that kind of similar range. And once again, I, I think it's barring an injury. I don't think we're going to see anything from him, but I I laid a couple bucks on rookie of the year just in case, uh, but, uh, is, uh, Taylor Hendricks, uh, loved him coming out of college. Uh, it was just really tremendous. Went to the jazz. Um, and so he's, he's playing that probably power forward position, which is going to be really crowded between, um, Lowry market and Walker Kessler, uh, John Collins, so on and so forth. So I, I don't know if he's going to get the minutes right off the bat.
1: He hasn't looked great in the preseason.
0: He hasn't. Uh, I think he has all the tools that he could put it together, though. I, I think it's he's somebody that I would just keep an eye on. Uh, and I think especially because when you're looking at these teams, just kind of you're project, you're kind of trying to project what their role might be. And you're trying to take a guess at and what that team is going to be doing. I mean, last year we were probably all guilty of assuming that the jazz were going to throw in the towel, grab right the bats, and then they end up being really good. They do own, they do owe a top 10 protected, uh, uh, pick it going out. And so they have a lot of incentive to tank, um, if they wanted to. And if that were the case, I think he could get some real minutes. You know, he kind of had that sweet combination in college of, uh, three point shooting and walks. So I think if he gets some minutes, keep an eye on him. Um Keontae George on the same in the yes. same team too is the other guy that I think a lot yes. of people are keeping their eye on just because he's was a scoring whiz in summer league. Um, and and that's gonna be kind of interesting i'm curious to see if he if he's somebody that you how closely you're keeping an eye on i uh i didn't have
1: anything on him not. but i'm i'm very interested in him because of the depth chart i think they could roll him out of, and they have played him a, a little point guard and i think i mean who's in front of him over there you know they signed chris down off the of scrap heap last year he played very well uh taylon horton Tucker sucks uh, i don't see why you're gonna waste development minutes on him for too long um uh, hey, that- he's only he's only uh, sixteen years old still. So. <laughs> he is only sixteen years old. He looks like he's forty eight. Um, yeah, and then they have uh, Colin Sexton. I think, yeah, as the season wears on, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a hot pickup. I don't. There's no reason to mess with him out the gate, except in super deeper formats, or if you're playing in obviously in a dynasty league, uh, rookie keeper league, something like that. Uh, but yeah, Keontae George is a player that I'm going to be keeping my eye on for sure.
0: Yeah, I think with those summer summer league preseason uh my thought is always uh big men can struggle or wings can struggle and it doesn't necessarily mean anything um but if you're a guard and you struggle it's going to i think it's going to be a tough uphill battle for you that season uh can george did not struggle in the preseason in fact he averaged 19 four and five so i think yeah. he's he's somebody to kind of keep keep a close eye on and if his numbers start, uh, his minutes start creeping up, uh, would, don't be afraid to scoop him up pretty quickly.
1: I would say he's the guard version of Jarris Walker for me, as far as where I am at on like how interested I am on rostering him now versus keeping an eye on him. Um, mm. t- we'll touch on him real quick. I know you threw him out when we talked about um, uh, Calabali. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got a rank of 225, ADP of 144 on Yahoo. He shot up from 10% to 23 over the past seven days. And the reason mm. I, I like him is because it's really clear to keep an eye on his on his path to minutes. You know, he has a realistic shot sh- uh, shot to start at power forward at some point. He only has uh, Obi Toppin in his way, and I and I like Obi Toppin in that offense. And I do not. Right. I mean, I I didn't end up getting him anywhere. I didn't feel the need. I wasn't pressed. It turns out people like some people in every room like him a little more than me. So he's not really my guy at this point. Uh, I offensively, I think it could be interesting, but. Um, I don't think long-term uh, that Carlisle is going to uh, play him 30-plus minutes when he has this defensive-minded rookie. Um, very friendly nine-cat profile here. Um, you know, I think if he can be- get the starters minutes and get north of 25 minutes a game, the outline I have for him, 12 points, five boards, two dimes, potential for a block and a steal and maybe half a three or so. So if you, ha- if you haven't now, it could be a little frustrating to hold it first as a rookie. Uh, you know, Carlisle famously doesn't just roll rookies out the gate, unless if their uh, name's Andrew Nimhard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in deeper formats, man, I'd be patient with them. Uh Shallow Leagues uh, is a watch list city uh, candidate. But yeah, Jairus Walker, I'd say is similar to Keontae George and that, you know, it wouldn't take as much as people think for him to all of a sudden be super relevant uh, before we you know, even hit the new year. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that's. Pretty good uh, analysis of that situation.
1: <laughs> there's one glaring omission to this list, and I'm fine not to talk about it. But there's, another. I was
0: wondering if I knew you were going to bring him up. I I'm, was, I was going to, but uh, Go I mean, ahead. like it's, it's, I, I was going to say it earlier when you said this, the second when you said Scoot was the second highest drafted uh, of in fantasy of these rookies, but it's not. It's Chet Holmgren, um, and Chet, I actually prefer uh, for his ADP more than I prefer anybody else uh Wemby scoots, I think I think you're basically going to be getting ninety percent of what Webby gives you. Um and question you know, as far as the blocks and threes, but I think with Chet, I or Wemby I expect to get fifty-five games. I I'm expecting to get north of 70 with Chet. Are you? I am, yeah. Is okay. that gonna be your question?
1: No, I just want to throw out I'm trying to get like a baseline for for who you would rather, who you would draft, Chet over? Because of where I've been seeing him go and draft drafts. Mm, mm-hmm. Say you need a, you haven't drafted a big guy yet. Who are you taking? Um, if Chet Holmgren and Miles Turner are both on the board,
0: that's yeah. I guess those are that's like the most accurate comp because you're so really. I, I took Miles Turner right at both, right at the same spot. Uh, right, Miles Turner is safer, so I'm going to take. Yep. You know me, I like I like safeness over um excitement. But if Miles Turner was already taken and I was in, hmm. um, depending on my build, you know, if I'm going for blocks, uh, blocks and threes, I'm gonna I would feel pretty comfortable taking him. I think he's I think he's a grinder. Um to like how good do is he going to be in real life? I think the jury's out on that. But I think he's gonna put up some pretty nice numbers this year. I mean he's going what is it, ADP 51 I believe uh which is a bit steep. Um but uh i I don't really mind taking them out of that position.
1: Would you rather take Chet Holmgren at the top of the fourth or be able to wait till the bottom of the fifth and get Nick Claxton?
0: Ah, uh, that's a really good question. i I yeah, I guess if there's a round discrepancy, I mean, i'm gonna I would rather wait and take Nick Claxton, because once again, he's a sure thing. But I think if they're going in the same round, around the same picks, I do prefer Chet over him. I have him ranked higher than Nick Claxton um, in my, in my personal rankings.
1: You know, what's funny is, so I pulled it up here. Chet Holmgren has an ADP of 84, uh, excuse me, 48 on Yahoo, Mm -hmm. uh, Claxton 55. uh, But in that uh, expert league I did recently, um, I actually took Miles Turner at 38 and Holmgren flew off, I think two picks later. Uh, And then I got uh, Nick Claxton um, at the back of the fifth round, um, which I feel pretty good about. I think it was pick 58. Uh, But if you look at straight up ADP, um, Claxton is 50th ranked player. Chet Holmgren is a 51st and they're going seven picks apart, but there's always someone willing to reach on Chet in your drafts. And no, I mean, I, I do. I love his profile. Obviously I, if you know, if you listened to the podcast last year, you know me at all you know, that I don't uh, roster, uh, zombie Sonics, that's just, uh, kind of my, and I, I try to keep up on it as much as I can and get an idea of the rotation and, you know, just hope that, you know, so, someone gets traded at some point. You know, I, actually, I did, I took the Bronco Jalen Williams in a best ball draft on underdog today. And I thought to myself <laughs> that just stays in the cabinet. That's fine. I'm, you know, it didn't feel very good. You know, I kind of felt a little queasy about it, but he was just the best value on the board and I had to do that. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, Shel fascinating. He's a fascinating prospect. It's just uh, the stat profile is is very, very unique and enticing for non-cap. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think you're getting uh, – yeah, I like it quite a bit. The the other center, the last guy that I have um, that's kind of probably worth talking about is probably because he's starting this season, is is Derek Lively. It seems to be a lot of the, the news is coming out right now is that he's going to be – Getting that uh, a starting gig. Uh, that being said, he's he's not somebody that I am. I paying much attention to. Um, you know, I mean, the the main reason is they have a bunch of other centers on that team. So yes, he, he's probably starting, but realistically, is he playing more than Dwight Powell? I don't know. But they also have Rashawn Sean Holmes, uh, Maxie Cleaver still on that team. Um, so I'm not that intrigued by him uh, quick question yeah. um you care to take a, a guess on how many points per game um Derek Lively averaged last year at Duke
1: uh, I'm gonna say uh I know I'm gonna say 8.2 five wow. five points five rebounds wow so he's
0: starting he's gonna you're gonna see him jumping up the the jumping up all the uh uh, the pickups, but uh, for me, he's strictly a block stream. I don't know if you feel any differently about that.
1: No, if we're assessing him objectively and not if if you remove the element of the unknown because he is a rookie, um, mm-hmm. and you know Mark Stein, the legendary NBA insider, did report that he'll he's the starting center, and I think Jason Kidd confirmed it at some point. Doesn't mean he'll get more than eighteen minutes a game, um, mm-hmm. as you alluded to. So yeah, I think if you take out the mystery of the unknown and the fact that he's a rookie he what's appropriate for him is to be a blocks and field goal percentage streamer. That's appropriate. Now, because of the fact that he's a rookie and there's the mystery box element. uh, He went in the 14th round of, of that recent draft. Um, I think what's more appropriate for him is, yeah, is is he's a, he's a streamer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think people are treating him like he's preemptively this year's Mark Williams. Mm. Um, And so, because, you know, when that trade happened, the plum dog was shipped out. Finally, um he went flying off the wire so i think people think they're getting ahead of it you know he what he was the 13th pick they really invested capital they moved up to get him uh did the mavericks yeah but his numbers are very modest outside of the two blocks a game um so you know I, I like blocks but i think sometimes we overvalue it a little bit it's just one of nine categories um so yeah i think there's scarcity in blocks but there's a lot more guys who can block shots this this year in general in fantasy and i don't have like a graph or anything written down but i but you know i feel like blocks are not as hard to come by maybe as they have been in the past so you know i'm much more interested in taking a shot on jairus walker than derek Lively, for instance
0: nice well it's nice we finished in the same uh in agreement here that made this whole thing fun
1: which is our whole theme we like to have fun Despite what you might think from our uh, deadpan uh, delivery. <laughs> Speaking of Mark Williams, Nate, I do think that it's important to mention that. So over the years, Nate and I played fantasy together for almost a decade. Uh, we don't make a lot of trades. Uh, you know, it's something that we never trade together. But during our live auction draft, which is a load loads of fun, um, there Mark Williams went to Nate for I believe eight dollars, and it was one of those players I was like oh my god like you knew this is my this is my guy I don't think Nate was that interested in him but I was like and then he said something like I didn't mean to get him and so with my final I played it I had just enough money to get I need a big guy so I took Jalen and then I got Collins for five bucks in Utah John Collins who's one of Nate's guys and I go ahead and plug him I do want to, to kind of hear your take on him um but it was just a perfect swap for us um so I took Collins knowing this is how I'll get Mark Williams M- Williams he did ask about Simons. That's not happening. But I floated it over and we made it right. And that felt good. It was one of those trades that just like, something went awry on draft day. It's just fix this. We don't need to try to extract every little ounce of blood from each other. We just made the swap. But, uh, you know, I think Mark Williams, the case is clear. I mean, I just, I, I like his role. Um, and I was looking for that profile. And I like the fact that he actually is about a 70% free throw shooter. He doesn't tank you there. Um, and you get all the big guy stats and the role secured. Uh, but how do you how do you see it playing out for John Collins? I know he struggled at times during the preseason. Uh, he's not been horrible, but he doesn't been great. Um, so do you feel like there is like a 20% chance that he resurrects his career? all la Larry Markkinen. Is that what you're chasing? Just give us your John Collins plug.
0: It was the most. Uh, I'm, first off, I've never done a, a trade preseason before. That's right. uh,
1: not your style at all. You play way it's close. Not to anybody's.
0: It's not anybody's style. Like how many trades get happen? that happened before the season starts. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it a very weird thing. And it was yeah. like you mentioned. There was like so little back and forth. In fact, like yeah, I, I offered you a trade and you offered it back, and I went yeah, yeah, well, good, that's fine. Like <laughs> it's just really, I guess what it is is uh Mark Williams is one of your guys and I'm not nearly as high on him. I think he is going to be good. Um, His pat, his pathway is really, is really great. Um, I just saw that. I just think that the ceiling on John Collins is quite a bit higher. Um, And, and so I was willing to take that swing at that point. Um, John Collins for the record, born in Utah, playing for the Utah jazz, just, you know, not saying that you needed extra motivation but you know I think the I figured it might as well take a swing you know I think late in your draft like just take swings and um, we each kind of felt that and it's just a matter of what fit a little bit better for our team I kind of uh i didn't I didn't mind getting the extra half a half to one three a game I think that was really what was was the motivating factor for me in that trade
1: Patron's a swinger that's what we're hearing Hey, I'm I'm fine with it. (laughs) Hey, we want to, before we get out of here, we want to introduce a new segment, which we came up with just in the five minutes that we talked before we hit record. Uh, Nate is a futures man. Uh, I I dabble. I enjoy keeping an eye on the market, but I think uh, for as long as I can remember, Nate has always had his finger on the pulse of NBA futures, especially teams over unders stuff like that. So, so what do you like and can you give the people a couple of, uh, of a choice picks and do you have a name for the segment?
0: Yeah, I, I I absolutely love this time of year with everybody's over-unders uh podcast coming out and and <laughs> picks. I think it's so fun. And I think yeah. really if you're uh if you're fine uh kind of having some money like tied up for a while, you can really do really well on a lot of these over-unders. Um you have been sure. doing them for a number of years. I think you can realistically um hit 60% of these um and and make back some good value. I mean you you the money sits in your DraftKings or Vandu account for a minute, but uh but I think you can get a pretty good payback on it. Um so I love betting these. And uh, my 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 lit key lock for okay. uh, Ooh. for this one is uh is going to be I'm I'm hitting the rockets over pretty hard. Um this one. What's they, the line? It is, I gotta pull this up. It's I believe it's 34, uh, which is 10 wins higher than they were last year. Um, and so it which is a pretty big jump up. Uh, but but really you're talking about adding um, you're adding Fred Van Vliet, you're adding uh Dylan Brooks, you're adding Ime Adoka. Um, to a young roster that's getting a little bit older, uh, you have Jabari Smith that's going to be, that looked really good in the preseason and uh, in summer league. So I think just that alone uh, will it was going to give you the, those additional 10 wins. But I think mainly more than anything, there is uh, a mandate or an emphasis from ownership to make the in. Um, I think that's the reason that they signed Jeff green and they kind of picked up some of these end of the bench guys who were willing to spend all that money for it. And they, they owe their first round pick already to Oklahoma city. So they, there's no incentive to tank. So I think they're going to try as hard as they can to the last game to win every game that they can. So I feel pretty, pretty good about this over.
1: Yeah. It's at plus a hundred. Um, yeah. 31 and a half. That's pretty nice. Jeez. 31
0: and a half. Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You should hammer this. I'm going to be, uh, I'm putting, I'm putting all uh, as commissioner. I take everybody's buy-ins. I'm going to put all of your buy-in money on, you know, this, kind of, on I'm this one.
1: Scrolling. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes. Uh, it's a little embezzlement. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's uh, consistent with the theme of what we do looking at this. I, the trailblazers jumps out to me, uh, the 28 and a half I how worried are you about them pulling the plug? I just think that there's quite a bit of talent there. I think they could get to 30. Um, I just well, noticed s- that one. I'm smashing the under I'm oh, smashing, smashing it. it. Just like Chansey yes. is, is going to smash any hope that they uh, are going to be terrible coach. They're going to
0: be selling off guys, shutting down guys. Uh, it's a, it's, I mean, it's about, it's just, a, it's just a numbers game in the West. Every single team except maybe the Spurs is trying to make the play into the playoffs, except for the Blazers um i think that they're just going to start accidentally racking up a lot of losses and i feel quite confident uh taking the under with the blazers this year too
1: okay so we got the the rockets over at 31 and a half we have the blazers under at 28 and a half Uh, give me one more uh
0: the last one i have and i get a uh maybe you can pull up the number while you got it in front of me here is uh i believe the, the the other one i'm hitting pretty good is the magic over
1: oh i like that um, i noticed it too 37 and a half
0: 37 and a half which is about three wins i believe over what they did last year um they kind of shut it down at the end of the season for kind of some like late season tank stuff but that's a young team that you can really expect to get three games better and they have a number of guards you kind of uh I mean, we 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 were we alluded to this in the preamble before we get started, but there's a number of guys that could that have that pop potential on right. that team. And so if you just get one or two of those guys that take a step up, you're hitting that pretty easy. So I feel really good about that magic over.
1: I really like that one. Another one that's sneaky um is Philly is still at 49 and a half. And what if things just kind of implode mm. there? The East has gotten so much better. Uh, not liking the vibes. Um, Nick Nurse already looks exhausted at his press conferences. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, that kind of jumps out to me. And uh, Then the other one is the uh, Sacramento Kings just can't get any respect. I know no the, West, respect at all. the West is very te- is loaded, but 44 and a half. They were the three seed last year and they have mar- improved around the margins of anything.
0: I got fifteen bucks on them winning the play-in tournament, Uh, not the play-in tournament, but the uh, the mid-season tournament. So, uh, I'm 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 in on the Kings. I think I the (laughs) the lack of respect is I think they're going to be out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke, and I I I think that's a good pick too.
1: They just have incredible chemistry. Uh, I just like the symmetry on that team, and the whole the vibes are the vibes are the opposite of the Raptors or the Sixers. We love vibes here at Projecting the Jump. Um, Pro vibes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that is our, that is our let's talk rookies pod. Um, let us know how you enjoyed the, the, the Lickies locks or the over under segment. I think it'd be fun this year to mix in a little variety. Uh, we'll hit you with uh, maybe a little DFS talk at the end. Uh, take a look at some, you know, I, I do a lot of underdogs. So we'll maybe take a look at uh, some trends over there and then just take a look at some of the betting markets, you know, towards the end of these pods. So hit us with some feedback. Uh, please remember to rate review, please subscribe. Um, if you mess with the X or the Twitter, uh, and, you, and you see this podcast on there, please give it a like. Hit the little button that re- retweets it. Um, any any little extra stuff uh, really helps because we're trying to get cranked up again here. Um, and just a shout-out to, to everyone who's been supportive. Everyone who's helped us along the way. Um, a shout-out to Sports Ethos, um, to Dan Besbris, Keith Cork. Um, been working with those guys. I learned a lot from them. Um, they're great at what they do. Um, so, yeah, just I'm really excited about the season. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, And we're going to be back recording uh, just uh, in a matter of minutes. So just be on the lookout for another drop.
0: Sounds good. Look forward to uh, get back on on, uh, the next pod here in the next uh, day or so.